Right, we're going to speak a little bit about judgment today. The judgment of God. Now, when we hear the word judgment, you know, fear can grip your heart. I'm going to be judged by God. You know, what if I must be judged by God? Like this one guy that said, Jesus is coming back, you know? I think this, the people that was the scariest was the church. Because they feel God's going to judge me and they're so sin conscious. Then he was on the news the other day, this guy, and he said that he made some wrong calculations. It's the 21st of what now? October. October. It's like a, now you must sell everything again. Oh, yes, man. I don't know why people sell things when they know Jesus comes back. Now, when Jesus comes back, you sell your stuff. To do what with the money? Yeah. Yeah, overdraft the day before. You go and spend it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So when judgment comes, you know, people are afraid. They fear because, you know, God is, you know, going to judge them. I want to tell you, the best thing that ever happened to mankind was for the judgment of God to be poured out on man. There was nothing better that could ever happen. Nothing better. And for us who are just sim simple believers in the gospel, we will continue in the judgment of God. You know? Uh, there's so many verses where the psalm writers say, Oh God, judge me so that I can be delivered from my oppressors. Amen. You know, so we're going to talk about that judgment. Now we're going to go to, um, it says, And you shall put in the breastplate of judgment the Urim and the Thummim. And they shall be upon Aaron's heart when he goes before the Lord. And Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel upon his heart before the Lord continually. And you shall make the robe of ephod all of blue. Now, now listen to what he says. That is an awesome, awesome verse. It says, and you shall put... In the breastplate of judgment. Now, that breastplate, where the twelve stones was put in, which was called the twelve tribes of Israel, which represents the church today, okay, it was put inside, the, laid in gold, okay, and all these stones were these very valuable big stones, which was beautiful, difficult to find. Talking about your value, okay. And then it uses something else there, it says... Um, and you will also put the, the Urim and the Thummim in that same breastplate. Now, that Urim and Thummim, I went and made a study on that. That's awesome. Now, that thing was actually used like casting lots for the casting of lots. If they didn't know the will of God concerning the nation, if they had to go to war or not, what they did was they asked the, the, uh, the, those stones where to go, some people say it was crystals, you know, telling you the future kind of a thing, what to do. Um, and, and, you know, I was, I was thinking of this, Lord, what is this? What are these stones? Now, um, I had a, 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 then I went to bed and I just prayed, I said, Lord, show me what this is exactly. And I had a dream. And in this dream, this is how it happened, uh, um, the, the, the words Urim and, and, and Thummim, came up, and then a voice came to me, and I saw the two signs of Aleph and Tav, you know, Alpha Omega, over these words. And I, and I woke up, I said to Helene, I had a dream. And I took the, uh, my, my phone, and uh, went into the Hebrew, and listened to this. Meaning that the Urim and the Thummim is Jesus. Okay, right. Just click on the word um, Urim there, 217. Okay. It's now very small, but you will see the first letter of the Urim, read from right to left, is Olive. It's pronounced with a U, but there's a letter that's not spoken, which is the Olive. The first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Exactly what I saw in the dream. Okay? Then Thummim. 
the first letter is the Tav. Where is it? I don't know why it's... There it also says, Aleph Tav, Alpha Omega. So it says, and you will take, now listen to this, the Urim and the Thummim. You'll place that in the breastplate, which is the Alpha and the Omega, which is Jesus. So you'll put Jesus into this breastplate of judgment. If they didn't know what to do, what did, they, what did they cost? What lot did they cost? They cost Christ. So that Christ could give them direction in where to go. And this is called the judgment of God. That word Urim is also, the, the Hebrew word for it is lights. Okay? Not light, the plural for light, or fires. More than one fire. And when the judgment of God, the fire of God would come upon somebody, it was Jesus. It was Jesus. Isn't that awesome? God, if I want advice, I take the fire of God, the judgment of God. Now what I like is two words. Uh, a thumum is the word fire or lights. Tumum is the word innocence. Innocence. That's what it means. Latin means absolutely clear, perfectly crystal clear. Innocence. Perfection. So, when God judged us, when, we had, when the high priest came before God, what did he have to have on him? He had to have that breastplate of judgment, and his judgment is in the light of our innocence, which is Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah! When God makes a judgment about you, it's in the light of your innocence. And he said, put this on you when you come before me as a memorial to me. So God said, create a memorial, create something that reminds me of who I am and how I see you. And this is how God sees us. In the light of innocence, he makes his judgment over us. When people didn't know what to do, what did they do? They went to the priest that had the Urim and the Thummim and then he would... Cast that lot. Our lot is Jesus. And in the light and in the fire of our innocence, God gives you direction. Amen. Lord, I've got this sickness, I've got this disease, I don't know what to do. Lord, I don't have money. L listen to this. Lord, I don't have money. I need more money. I need to pay for this or that. God can never come and show you where you're guilty. So that you can stop your guilt so that God can now bless you. Because that would not be the direction of Aleph Tav. That would not be the direction of the, the Urim and the Thummim. It would not be the judgment of God. The Bible says the wisdom that comes from above is first peaceable. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. So when God gives His direction concerning your business, His direction concerning your Health, his direction concerning raising your children. He first removes all guilt. You're not guilty. You qualify in Christ. And his direction is always towards your innocence. What he'll do, he'll come with a comforter and he will comfort you by teaching you your innocence. Because you're not comforted. You think, I will never pay this stuff. You think, I'm never going to have this breakthrough. You think, I'm never going to be, be in a healthy relationship with friends and people. I don't know how this is going to work. And you try your 20 human ways of doing it. But if you can come to the place where you can believe your innocence. And this is the wonderful thing. When God's glory was shining upon that breastplate, it was just shining with beauty. When we stand in the light of God, what is that light? That, that Urim, that's the light of God. It is the fire of God. When that fire of God shines on the breastplate, what shines forth? Your beauty. Isn't it? Those stones in the breastplate of the, of the high priest, when God's light, the glory of God would shine onto that priest, what would shine back? All the beautiful colors of you will shine unto God and he will be happy with what he sees because he's, the judgment plate is upon his chest. 
Isn't that awesome? Thank God for the, the Bible says you must put on the armor of God. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Amen. What do we put on? We put on the light of our innocence. And that will protect your belief. You'll believe the right thing about your money. You'll believe the right thing about your children. You'll believe the right thing about yourself if you protect your heart with God's judgment over you which, is, which comes forth in the light of your innocence. Thank God for this. Amen. Then he says, you were not allowed, listen, to partake of the holy things. In other words, to eat the holy things without the priest being present that carries the Urim and the Thummim. What that means is, we will never be able to partake of what God has got for us outside of the judgment of God's light which declares us innocent. You will not know what it is to have peace unless you believe you are fully innocent by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The word judgment also means verdict. A verdict. Okay, or a new law. You get the word, when the word judgment and righteousness are used together in the Bible, in the Old Testament, it says, um, by the judgment and righteousness of God. Judgment means His new law by which He judges. Okay? Or the new verdict concerning us. And then righteousness there does not just mean righteousness like uh, holy or anything. It means, righteousness, righteousness there means not to be partial. To be impartial. In other words, for all. You're not going to judge this guy with this new judgment and you're going to judge the other guy with a different judgment. Everyone will be judged with the same judgment. So when God comes and He judges the world, He's a righteous God because when the, the Alpha and the Omega came, took away the sin of the world, it would be unrighteous for God not to see you in the light of the Urim and the Thummim. We're unrighteous, but He's a righteous God. Therefore, He sees your innocence and the innocence of every man. I've got this song in the car. Uh, um, I think the guy, when he wrote it, he wrote it in a law-based way. But when you interpret it into grace, it's so beautiful. He says there, um, this is life. Treat yourself right and treat others right. This is life. He says, you've got life. This is life. At the end, this is not some rehearsal or anything. This is it. Okay? Treat yourself right. It would be wrong to treat yourself in the light of guilt. Treat yourself right and treat others right. Because righteousness is determined by the judgment of God. And He judged you innocent in the light of the Alpha and the Omega. What do you say about that dream? These two letters, Thummim, T, Tav, Urim. I thought it would start with Yud or something. It started with Olive. Olive Tav. And Olive Tav, the Urim and the Thummim, you place into the breastplate of judgment. God cannot judge you outside of the light of the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's, that's, that's what it says. Right. And they shall be upon... Aaron's heart when he goes before the Lord and Aaron shall bear all of tav, the judgment of the children Jesus is our judgment not Jesus now listen to judgment Jesus is our verdict Jesus is the law about my life and that law is fulfilled. That law is perfect. What God says about Jesus, what He sees in Jesus, and what Jesus has done for you, is what is done for us. You know, the, the Pharisees were so scared for the judgment of God to be poured out on the earth when Jesus came. I want to tell you, there's a judgment that is to come, and we can, not next Sunday, Sunday after that, or after that, we will get, we'll still get into this. Um, I, I also want to talk about being set apart, what it means to be holy. But anyway... With this judgment that came to the earth, because the Bible says, now it's the judgment of the world, when Jesus was walking on the earth. Okay? That was when the Aleph and the Tav came to the earth, and the whole world was judged 
by or in the light of the olive and the tav. And the Pharisees were scared for that judgment. Why? Because that judgment would declare everything they do worthless. Because the new judgment in the light of innocence, the Pharisees don't have a job. That's why many churches don't want to hear this, because in the light of this they can close their doors. Because all that the church is about is a sin consciousness trying to find sins here, sins there, sins there, so that you can sort out your life. They don't want the judgment in the light of the, of, of the uh, um, Urim and the Thummim. They want the plate, but they don't want that extra thing that was also placed in there, which is the fire of innocence. And God said He will clean His threshing floor. And he will burn up the chaff with a fire. <laughs> His light, and I like the word fire there, it's, or the word light, lights of innocence. It's not just light. It's lights. Plural. Lights, more than one light, meaning that it's like a, a cascade of color of innocence. It's like the, 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 the message translate the grace of God, the multicolored grace of God. That's what it is. They didn't. They didn't. That Jesus came in, in the book of John. But let me, explain, let me explain why I say they didn't understand it. They didn't. Because Jesus, Jesus came in the book of, uh, in, 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 in Revelation. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. He revealed it there to John. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the Olive and the Tuff. Speaking Hebrew. I mean, John was a Hebrew person. Jesus spoke to him Hebrew. He says, I'm the olive and the tough. The beginning and the end. And he explained the whole thing. Those people didn't understand. You know what the Hebrew people say that is? They say that is an omen. Yeah, it's an omen. Which means it's a sign of a futuristic event. They don't know what it is. They just say this is a sign. They don't know. It's got no meaning. That, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. It's used over 7,000 times in the Bible. You know, where, they, where the, the rabbis don't know what it is. They just see this, this ox. It's a picture of an ox and a picture of a cross. <laughs> the ox upon the cross. The hard work of the sacrificial ox upon the cross. Amen. Taking our sins. That is the judgment of God over your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Listen to this. In, you don't have to go there. I've got a lot of verses here. It says... And you shall stand before Eliezer the priest, who shall ask counsel for him of the judgment of the Urim before the Lord. So this guy said, you will go to, uh, um, you will stand before Eliezer the priest, and then you will ask counsel after the judgment of the Urim. So he will give you judgment. He will, he will give you, the, the, he will make a decision concerning your life according to this olive tav which is Jesus. This is what God says, whenever you go before God, He judges you by Jesus. You can rest. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, and I like this. Uh, it, it says here, And Aaron shall bear the name of the children of Israel in the breastplate of judgment upon his heart when he goes unto the holy place for a memorial before the Lord continually. Not just once, continually. So you dress yourself with the breastplate of righteousness. My wife said to me, man, Barry, this is also the armor of God. You know? You dress yourself with this and you don't get undressed. You stay in this judgment of God. Right, let's go on to some other verses. Um, let's go to Psalm 33 verse 5. Hallelujah. So now you know what judgment is. I want to be judged by God. I cannot live without His judgment. I await His judgment. I welcome His judgment. I live in His judgment. I declare His judgment. His judgment is very negative for those that don't want to yield to innocence as a free gift. Amen. You fully qualify for healing. You fully qualify for the blessing of God. Psalm 33 verse 5. Is it on there? Okay. He loves righteousness... 
and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? God, these people, when they wrote it, they knew that the God loves righteousness. What is righteousness? To be impartial. Is that the right word? To be impartial, not to say, well, and this is also, if you go and read Exodus, it says, you will never be unrighteous in your scale. Measuring things, the weight of things. Never be unrighteous. In other words, if a rich person buys, one kilogram weighs this amount. If a poor person buys, it's the same. It's because God's, God's measurement, His righteousness, the way we weigh up to Him, is a righteous scale. Meaning, He's not going to distinguish between people. This guy's done everything good, this one has done everything bad, so the good guy's going to be blessed more than the bad guy. No way. Everybody's the same. For He's righteous. Listen to this. God loves... He loves righteousness. He loves not to be. He loves to be impartial. And He loves judgment. He loves the new verdict that He has. And He loves, uh, um, he loves righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. The judgment of God is the goodness of God. Amen. Jesus is the judgment of God concerning your life. Psalm 103 verse 6. And the Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. Isn't this awesome? Listen, the Lord executes righteousness and judgment for who? For the oppressed. The way we see, you can just move to the next one there. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. We normally thought that the oppressed are, are, they are oppressed because of God's judgment. Now you are poor, you are struggling, you've got sickness, you've got disease because it's the judgment of God, because you have sinned, because you have not obeyed. Okay, that's what the Jews believed. But here it says God exercises or He will bring judgment. The Lord executes righteousness, impartial judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known His ways to Moses, His acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful, gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will He keep His anger forever. He has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquity. That is the Urim and the Thummim. That is the judgment of God. God's judgment, His is, is final decision about us in the light of innocence is that you are not guilty. The woman was caught in the very act of adultery. Okay, When she was caught in the act, she was brought before Jesus. Jesus was that olive tough, Okay, The Pharisee said, what do you say about her life? Jesus first removed the accusation because you cannot live in the presence of condemnation. He first removed that. Then he spoke these words. He says, Neither do I condemn you. The word condemn comes after the word judge. You first judge somebody. When he's judged and he is found innocent, you let him go free. When he is judged and is found guilty, then he will be condemned unto death or unto something. You know, unto three years imprisonment, unto a fine or whatever, he'll be condemned unto something. Jesus says, I cannot condemn you. Why? Because when he judged her, he couldn't find her guilty. Because he was the light of her innocence. Yeah. Hallelujah. He cannot find a guilty. Just before the service, I spoke um, to somebody and, and, and uh, we were discussing um, confess, uh, 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 meditating upon the Lord, you know, keeping your mind in the gospel. You know, when somebody hurts you, it's very easy to keep your mind on that thing they said or did. Okay? Why? Because of the magnitude of what they've done. Because of the power of what they've done. Somebody comes and, um, you know, steals something from you. Somebody beats your kids up. Or somebody, I mean, or, or, or somebody, 
just treats you wrong. It hurts your heart. Okay? You cannot, you continue for hours, days, weeks, months, sometimes years, decades. People think of that. They dwell upon that hurt. Why? Because of the power of that thing. Now, don't you think it's unfair if hurt can have so much power that we almost free of, uh, uh, um, it, it's almost forced on us, it, it, it enslaves us, that we cannot but think about it. If God comes with something that must compare with this evil, that is so weak that you must use willpower all the time to think of it. I hope you hear what I'm trying to say. When the bad thing happens, the thing possesses so much power that you cannot but meditate upon it. Now God comes with a watered down little message that we don't know if it's good or bad and then tells you, if you think enough on this, then I'll help you. No, no, no. The, the gospel is immeasurably more powerful if preached correctly than any wrong that can ever be done to you. That you almost you will almost be trapped into continual meditation upon the gospel when you hear the true word. For the power of meditation is born from the clarity of the gospel. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. It's not, Lord, I'm trying to think of your word today. Hallelujah. There's so many other things that's so much more powerful that I can, it's so easy to think of, but I cannot think of your word. But I'll try my best, Lord, in Jesus' name. No, no, no. When you hear the true thing, when you hear about the, the, the Urim and the Tumim, if you hear about what he's done, you find your mind dwelling on it all the time. And then we receive and make use of the benefits of that continual meditation, which obviously is a life of peace, healing, joy, uh, where you see people in a different light, where you start to treat yourself right, where you treat others right. Amen. If the gospel you believe is not powerful enough to keep your mind on the gospel, make sure you get the right gospel. Yes. Amen. It would be so easy to think of bad things. No? It's so easy, you know, when they talk about the nationalization of the mind, you say, you're help. You think of it. You'll continue to think of it. And then we've got a message that says, if you think right all the time, <laughs> actually judging us not in the light of innocence but in the light of guilt then we must say I'm going to use willpower to stand under a word that condemns me all the time and now I must think of this condemnation all the time you have not been designed to meditate on condemnation God has designed the brain of a man to veer away from condemnation you know, because, and I think that's the, the part of why we so easily meditate on the bad in this sense, because the bad thing, somebody has harmed me, we are longing for something that declares us innocent and them guilty. Because we want that innocence. Because we've been designed by God to continue to meditate upon our innocence. So hear the true gospel. Hear the message of God's judgment over your life, which is... Innocence. So let's go to Psalm 103 again there. Verse 6. It says, The Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. Are you oppressed? I want to tell you, God's got a word of innocence over your life. Are you oppressed with sickness and disease? Are you oppressed with... Uh, I, I, I'm not a, a... You know, I said to my wife, I said, I don't care if my children, you know, I want them to do good in school. But if they don't do good... You know, and they cannot one day have a big job. I don't care. There is a home where I'm the father, where there's a place of safety for them. I'll provide jobs for them. I will care for them. I'm their father. Amen. I, I, I will not be judged by something that condemns me. No ways. I stand in the light of innocence. You know, a kid can get uh, uh, something from school. Uh, yes, okay, I struggled with Afrikaans and English, you know. 
So now, I see my children, and I sell a problem with the spelling. I mean, they say you must spell things in a certain way. Who said that's the right way? Anyway, why is my way not the right way? You know? Shouldn't everybody spell like me? I mean, how do you know? You know, somebody decided to do it that way, then I decided to do it another way. It's just foolish, you know. Well, anyway, that's just... Well, thank God for, for linguists and all those... Otherwise, I wouldn't have known what the Lord has said. You know, so... <clears throat> this is some rules and stuff there. But now, if, 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 if a, a child would get a certain... Say, he gets 50. Now, oh, here. Is someone to help you, son? Why? Because this thing condemns you. It's not the judgment of God. God's judgment over your children's lives can never be measured by school. Never. If we just look at the normal life, you'll find a guy that cannot, he's not very clever. He goes and works out somewhere. He starts, starts to do a business. Then he hires engineers to work for him that doesn't have standard 10. It, it works that way in life. Just normal life. How much more under the judgment of God can a person have peace in every area of life? Hallelujah. I look at my own life. I didn't even finish Bible school. But I find people with doctor's degrees coming to my meetings that I can teach them the gospel. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because I, was, I refused. I said, Lord, we're not going to take the judgment of man. I stand before God with that breastplate where my judgment is in the light of my innocence where I fully qualify for blessing all the time by not the judgment of any man but by the judgment of God even if a man's judgment is saying you are blessed but it's not in the light of the judgment of God it's a worthless judgment Amen we are standing under the judgment of God Thank God, you know, that we, I'm not against, uh, you know, education and qualification, all those kind of things. Bless God. If you've got the ability to do it, do it to the utmost. Thank you, Jesus. But we can live in, in, in absolute innocence. God loves to do it that way. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, plenteous in love, explaining the judgment of God over people. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 14 Klaagliedere Yes, yes, yes Die enigste wat kan speel, kan hokie speel Jy het jou gekry Listen to this, yes. For God shall bring all of tav, every work, into judgment. Talking about the judgment of God, Jesus. Um, with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So this, listen, even if you do something good, or even if it's something evil, it will stand, it will have to stand in the judgment of God, in the light of innocence. What does that mean? That makes your work worthless. Not that I say we shall not have the work. But in relation to God, it's worthless. For there's a much higher standard of living. There's a much higher standard of living. So now I come, now the Pharisees come with all their good works. Then God shines the light of the innocence of everybody. And all of a sudden, everybody's equal. <laughs> all are innocent. Because all were guilty, then Jesus came for the sin of the world, to take away the sin of the world, bring the innocence of every person. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to one or two more verses. Let's go to um, <clears throat> Isaiah 5.16.
Listen, man, I, 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 just, I just use more, the same verses or verses saying the same thing until your heart starts to experience that innocence. You want to feel it. You know, you want to be, re, be reprogrammed Isaiah. Yeah, 5, 16. Faith are links, Mishkan. Links, your links. 16. Hallelujah. But the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment. Listen to this. And God, uh, and God that is holy shall be sanctified in righteousness. Now how can a holy God be sanctified? That doesn't make sense, isn't it? Let's read it again. But the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment. And God that is holy shall be sanctified in righteousness. What does that mean? God will be exalted in judgment. When the judgment of God, when the light of innocence shine on people, God in the minds of people will go to a higher level. God is at the highest level already. But we, He will be exalted in our minds when we hear how He does not judge people according to their sins. If I come and I say, God is the sin-conscious, angry God, what happens to to, to God in people's mind, he goes lower. No. He'll go lower. He'll be exalted when his true judgment, which is the olive and the tough, is pronounced. When guidance comes from the light of innocence. Paul comes, he gives people guidance concerning how conduct, how, how to live in this world. He says, listen, don't you know you are the temple of God? Bringing forth their innocence and their perfection. Then from the light of perfection, giving them their advice concerning conduct in this world. Isn't that awesome? In the light of perfection. Amen. So, and then it says there, He shall be sanctified in righteousness. In the fact that God is not partial, in the fact that this has happened for every man, for the Jew, the Gentile, the Pharisee, for everybody. The moment people hear this, the, the dirty picture that's been painted of God is washed in the minds of people and people can believe upon him and his kingdom will manifest in this world in your life in the light of your innocence thank you Jesus you know you can feel so innocent you, you can, you, as you meditate upon this innocence you, it can become so true that you really feel innocent that you really feel in the presence of God is the only place where there's no accusation well, uh, listen, man, if you go to any place, I mean, we, uh, you go to the bank, you know, they shine the light of guilt in your application for anything. <laughs> Isn't it? They go from the standpoint of you're not going to pay me, you're going to steal from me. Then you prove yourself until you prove yourself innocent to them and that's not enough then you'll sign something that says, should you become guilty, they can punish you. <laughs> That's the light of this world. The only place where you can have true peace is in the presence of the judgment of God, where you stand in innocence. Hallelujah, man. This is such good news. Isaiah 9 verse 7. I will open my yes here, good tonight. Isaiah 9 verse 7. Some say, they have to stop, I want to go home. 9 verse 7. Let's see what it says. Right. <clears throat> of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. This is Jesus. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, um, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. What does he say? That the, the throne of God... The kingdom of God will be established by the judgment of God. The only way you can see the kingdom of God established in your life is in the light of your innocence. Outside of having, listen, that whole thing there, that whole breastplate meant nothing to God without the olive tub hanging there, being placed into it. The, 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 the beauty of the stones, the divinity. I mean, we were planted. Those stones were planted into gold. The church was planted into the divinity of God. 
Okay? Now listen to this. In the, and, and that could only be established in the light of innocence. Paul comes. He says, every man's work will be judged of what sort it is by fire. Okay? Listen to this. In Corinthians. He says, they which built with hay, wood and stubble, it will be burnt up to nothing. Talking about preachers. Preaching the doctrine of hay, wood and stubble hay, a measuring reed is what it means. It's, it's always a teaching of, do you measure up? Do you measure up? Do you measure up? When Jesus comes and He shines the light of innocence and you see truly what is done, you will say, my ministry was nothing. It's burnt to ashes. It's worthless. Huh? I, the Bible says the man can be saved, but his work will be burnt. Okay? Hey, wood. The same Greek word that was used in the stocks, binding the feet of Paul when he was in jail. What does it talk about? The teaching of bondage, keeping you in the jail. You're bound to this. And then stubble is the word for, for a feeding enclosure, food crawl. You cannot, the doctrine says you can only eat here, you're not allowed to go and eat there. Only our church, you submit only to this leader. All those doctrines will be burnt when the fire, the olive tub of God is revealed in His second coming. Hallelujah. But they that built with precious stones, or, or gold, silver, and precious stones. Gold, divinity. Silver, redemption. Precious stones, the church. They which preach the gospel of the divine redemption of the church, their work will stand forevermore. Hallelujah. What is that? It talks about, listen, without redemption, without the, 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 the Urim and the Thummim, there is nothing for you. Without the fire of innocence, when God lights up His fire of innocence, where will you stand? Where will your doctrine stand? This doctrine of if you give me a thousand dollars today, you know, then God will on the day of Pentecost pour out His fire on you. Where will that doctrine stand? When Jesus appears with the light of His innocence, wherein He states that He'll provide for the birds and how much more for you? When God stands in the return of Christ, stands up and He says that, and the shiny preacher preaches that rubbish... It will be devoured in the doctrine of innocence. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It warns teachers all the time. It warns teachers all the time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We end off. Let's go to John 9. We're going to read two verses. John 9, 39 and John 12, 31. And Jesus said, For judgment I've come into this world, that they which see not might see, and they which see might be made blind. <laughs> Glory to God, man. These things are so beautiful. He says, the Pharisees said, We see the way unto salvation. Okay? They said, These Gentiles, they're all blind. We will lead the Gentiles into the light we have. Jesus said, I've come to bring judgment. When this judgment comes, those that say they see will actually be blind. So those that say I'm justified by works, they will be blind. That will be called darkness. But those that couldn't be by their works, that was waiting on the mercy of God, they will be in the light. And that's the judgment of God. The judgment of God makes light darkness. I'm going to explain that. It makes light darkness. It makes the light of the law darkness. Darkness. And makes the darkness of the person that had nothing. It makes the darkness of sin, where people are living in sin, it makes it light. Where that person is declared innocent. And the people under the law are standing guilty because they are tramping underfoot the blood of Jesus. Thank you Lord for the gospel, man. 
We want to preach this to every nation. We want to preach this to people that we can see the kingdom of God established by the judgment of Jesus in the lives of people. Next verse there is, we end off with this, John 12, 31. I'm so happy. Oh, thank you, Lord. Okay, now is the judgment of this world. This is when Jesus was on the earth. He said this. Isn't it written in red? Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all unto me. Huh? The judgment of every man will be drawn unto Jesus. Now is the judgment of this world. 2,000 years ago, Jesus judged this world. And that world system of the law was declared darkness. And the message of innocence was declared light. By the judgment of Jesus. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will convict you of sin because you have not believed on Him. Of righteousness because the prince of this world is... And of judgment of righteousness because he goes to the Father, and of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Yes. So the Holy Spirit will reveal to you not how you will be judged, how you will, or what we call punished. It will reveal unto you how the prince of this world, in other words, which was the ruler of the law system, was judged how God made a decision about that system by bringing the light of innocence, shining that over every man. It's what the Holy Spirit will remind you of. Hallelujah. He's not the spirit of the world, bringing worldliness, which is laws. He's the spirit of God, the spirit of holiness. He, he brings the, the spirit of how we've been set apart by the judgment of God. Amen. Father, I want to thank you. You are such a good God. I want to say like Paul says, how deep and unsearchable is your riches of your gospel. Lord, what an honor to sit under such a word. I'm sitting under this word. These people are sitting under it. People all over the web watching all over the world, thousands of people, has got the, the, the privilege of knowing your pure gospel. That, Lord, when I see this, I see this absolute crystal clear water falling from heaven. Hallelujah. It's like a pool of water that's so clean. Thank you, Lord. Innocence, the aleph and the tav. Thank you, my God. We go out of this place being judged by God. Thank you, Lord. If somebody stole something from us, and we know we're innocent. We can't await the judgment of God being spoken. For we will see what's truly ours manifesting coming back to us. Thank you, Lord, that what comes back to us is true peace. What comes back to us is long-suffering, kindness, goodness, mercy, temperance, faith, a life of victory, joy, provision. It comes back because of the judgment of God. It is ours. Thank you, Lord, that our minds are enlightened. <laughs> Hallelujah, Lord. You say that you will make your judgment to rest as a light of the people. That your judgment of rest, that we rest in you, will be our light. We're walking in the light of innocence. That is the light of our lives. Thank you, Jesus. This is true about every man. This good news, my God, makes me want to preach. And share your word. That our actions of evangelism is born from love. Your love for people. And not our love to be accepted by you. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. You know maybe you are here and you've been so condemned. And you just say I want to just make use of this today. If you want to make use of this, I want to just ask you to put up your hand. I would like to pray for you. But you, you. Maybe you've been condemned, you know. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Right there where you are, just put your hand on your chest and I'm going to pray for you right now. In the name of Jesus, Father, I come and I pray for this person that's raised their hand. 
And I'm just in agreement with them right now. I declare the word of God over you. And this is what I, what, what I feel the word of the Lord is towards you. Now as <clears throat> I just saw that vision of that crystal clear water representing the gospel, God says that same emotion of that clarity is what He gets when He looks at you. Fully clean by the blood of Jesus. Fully innocent by Jesus. Hallelujah. And I feel the Lord says that in the light of this, all your questions, but why, or how can this, or that, that's rooted deep in your belief is removed by the power of His Holy Spirit right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just also feel the Lord says that, that, that um, fear, <clears throat> in the light of this, all fear is removed. And uh, there's a lady here, you've, you've got such fear, you know, when it comes to your future. And you feel, man, I, I, I'm so afraid, you know. And then you suppress that fear by, um, you know, uh, 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 trying to think of good things. The Lord says that this message, as you, as you meditate upon this, you will find that you will not suppress fear anymore. But it will be nowhere to, f to be found in your life. Because perfect love casts out all fear. Even the fear of judgment, the Bible says. For as He is, so are we. God has not given us an innocence that is less than His. We've been made innocent with the innocence of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I bless these people. I stretch my hands forth to them. I declare, as this is a sign of what you do, you stretch forth your hand, which is Jesus. You stretch forth your hand, which is your work. You gave your work unto us. And therefore, we can stand righteous before you. I declare these people blessed. I declare these people free. I declare these people manifesting the very nature of God in them by your power. They are the blessed of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. There's the lights. The Urim and the Thummim. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. Yeah, God is so good. Amen. I want to thank you guys also for your generosity and your blessings. Um, afterwards, let's fellowship together a little bit, you know. Talk to each other about our innocence. Amen. God bless you guys.